All right, guys, we're back with MC Anime Podcast here. I am MC Anime. We have a special guest appearance by, you want to say? Oh, Rono Kemi, or Kemi for short. Uh, how are you guys doing today? With this episode, we are hosting the ninth episode of MC Anime, respectively. And as a result of this episode, we have a special topic. Kimmy, you want to introduce the topic? Um, I think it would be best if you introduce it. Okay. So the topic we're doing is titled Capitalism and Anime. We're doing, instead of like focusing on capitalism governments, we are focusing on capitalistic ideas and economies portrayed in anime. So the economies that anime sometimes portrays in the storyline is the main focus and how that integrates itself to being capitalistic and also how it's similar to modern day in different free market economies and stuff like that. So what do you think of uh, economies in anime portraying capitalism? Um, it just seems pretty interesting, to be honest. It does? Mm-hmm. So you even say that it might actually be interesting to see how money in the economy is portrayed. Yeah, that's my point of view of it, I guess. And uh, do you have any experience with that? But of like you know, like a small scale of anime using something like that. Um, not to my knowledge, no. Okay, it's not bad. And for anyone that doesn't know, um, capitalism is a form of economic system which the invisible hand moves the economy. So it's the private individual and corporations making the economy go around. What do you remember about capitalism when you were studying in high school? I'm still in high school. <laughs> I know that, but what do you remember? Nothing, really. You don't remember the miserable hand and this he fair and all that stuff? I mean, it, sound, it sounds familiar. <laughs> oh my gosh. So wait, you're telling me the invisible hand, the wealth of nations. Yes, those are familiar to me, but I really don't remember. You don't remember that? Mm-mm. <laughs> wow. For anyone that doesn't know, most of the time you hear about capitalism in a case study about the economic sectors of different countries and how they portray themselves in the world view. And uh, with capitalism, it's an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners who profit rather than by the state. So this is what it means to have the invisible hand. The invis- let the invisible hand do the work for you. But therefore, the economy mo- it basically stabilizes itself. And also, laissez-faire is uh, barely any gov- government involvement, hands-off approach. Anyway, uh, let's go back to the topic at hand. So, we are portraying that topic in anime, and the four anime that we are discussing is Spice and Wolf, The Sins of a Bookworm, 
Log Horizon, and my personal favorite, See the Money of Soul and Possibility Control. So we're first introduced with Spice and Wolf. What do you want to tell the audience, Kimmy, about Spice and Wolf? So what it's about is like um, the wolf goddess Holo has already contracted the blessed rural village of Hassel with the fertile harvest. And in return, she has been celebrated with worship by the villagers. But as mankind advances, the people have begun to take command of nature of themselves and had made their own god to worship. Then Holo finds that she had she is paid a little more than lip service, if not outright mocked. And considering the contact annulled, she takes human form and lists the aid of passing merchant Craft Lawrence to return to her home in the snowy forest of the north. As they journey together, Craft finds that he has plenty to learn from this capturious guide, and she'll she'll learn from him as well. And for anyone that doesn't know about Spice and Wolf, the ancient god of Wolf origins, I think, I think, so, yeah, Wolf. Um, even though she represents the harvest, she represents the old way of life, if that makes any sense. Yeah. In the old way of life, they use living sacrifices to the deity to have a good harvest. And they still have some of that resolve, and they still come around. That's actually how we see them in the first episode, is a sacrifice. And then, then the sacrifice gets thwarted in the process, and that's how they meet them. Mm. Yeah. Also with Spice and Wolf, we have a very unusual duo system. What do you think of the the duo we have in the two main characters? Oh well, yeah, she's like a god, like a goddess. Sorry, yeah. she's like a goddess. Um, but yeah, that's just my opinion on it. And the two, um, the the businessman that we actually introduced is Lawrence. He goes on a wagon from town to town, selling different uh, goods, and he finds Hollow along the way. In the process of finding Hollow, he can't really. It's hard to deal with her at first because she's so different, even though she. Controls the harvest and give, gives them plenty of food. She hasn't been doing it for a long time, and yet humans barely still believe about. It. There's only a few pockets of the royal areas that where she can still inhabit and have an impact. Oh, how about this? So, if you think that a fox deity is interesting, I've always go at with the Lawrence, for example, what do you think of someone who goes around and being a tradesman by heart, by trade? Um, by heart, you mean? Or yeah, like... by heart. That's his job. He's trying to sell different products. Um, I think that really shows that he's dedicated to his job. Really, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that doesn't know what Craft Lawrence is, he goes by a surname, twenty-five-year-old man. Traveling peddler, which is basically salesman, town to town, buying and selling various things in order to make a living. When he was 12, he became an apprentice to a merchant relative and set on his own at 18. His goal in life is to gather enough money to start his own shop. 
He's already been traveling for seven years, getting experience in the train. He meets Hollow one night and eventually agrees to be traveling with him. She helps him by providing her wisdom, which helps him increase his profits and get him out of jams. How would Hollow benefit the tradesmen? I think but, um, they could make. I mean, they could make money, for example. I guess. What can they gain by the relationship? Do you think that Hollow can actually be the biggest difference maker in profit margin? Um, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one such example is she's the harvest deity. So if anything's in harvest or is plentiful in the crop yielding, then she can actually tell him what is going to be the big harvest that year and what to invest the most in. For example, take corn. What if you knew exactly when the corn would be and the best way to pick it? How would you use the information to make money? Um, I don't know. What are you, like, your thoughts on it, to be honest? Well, if you knew the corn was going to grow, you knew there's going to be a surplus of people in the market trying to get it, then technically what you're doing is what we call today insider trading. So they buy and sell bonds based on people knowing the inside information before the, the Wall Street gets access to it to buy the, the bonds and stocks. So if you know exactly it's going to rise or it's going to be a shortage, you can either buy more of that stock or buy less of that stock. But in this case, it's not Wall Street. It is farming communities and villages. And you can actually make money based on information that Hollow can give you and also just advantages and her being there with you. So it's kind of interesting dynamic that Hollow and Lawrence bring. And it is originally about you know, him being business and doing business together. So it, it gives a dynamic. So if you were in a business with Hollow, how would you do business with him? Um, What's one way you think you can do business with him? I guess, like, sell houses. <laughs> okay, so for example, you go going to real estate. If they were the deity of houses right yeah <laughs> how are you okay so you will buy a house and then will you ask hollow to get inside insider information um um but while i fix my mic can you like probably go into like full detail what your thoughts on it maybe okay so let's for example if hollow was in real estate one thing i'll ask is when the housing market Revised so I can buy the houses early so I can yield the most profit in what I'm doing in the houses I'm choosing. And based on Hollow, I can get that insider information and it's painting its way in gold because now I have not just bought three houses, I can buy 10 houses and flip them quicker if I know certain things in the market trends establish an edge over my competition or just even an edge in people buying houses. What do you think? And with also, you know, that's just one example of Hollow being the harvest deity she is. 
She's uh, made a problems with men from a town called Paslo, where she would ensure the town would have good wheat year after year. However, as time went on, the townspeople slowly thought to forsake Hollow and did not rely on her as she wanted. As such, they escaped from the town in Lawrence Wagon, started traveling with them to see how much the world has changed since she has been in Paslo. She has chosen the form of a girl younger than Lawrence, though she still remains a large white tail tip fox and ears, instead of a very large wolf that many people reveal and feared. She refers to her as the wise wolf of Yatsu, typically very haughty and self-efficient, is her isolation for hundreds of years, she is very lonely, and sometimes shows a more fragile side. Okay, so she uses Lawrence for company as she feels loneliness, which is something that Lawrence is very aware and tries to comfort her in his own way. Paula is also very aware of the different time spans that she and Lawrence have. As a human, lifespan is a blink of an eye, is quite scared of the fact but hides it with jokes. She has a particular way of speaking modeled after that Iran high-class croissants, found delicious food, alcohol, but especially loves apples, takes pride in her tail, and special combing it and maintaining it. So, through this process, there was also a benefit that Lords get, but Hollow's benefit is not being alone. She's been alone for centuries. Can you relate to that, chemist? I can sort of relate to it. Like, the guy was mm-hmm. alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see my... Yeah, somewhat, I can. Okay, so if you're isolated for hundreds of years, what is the impact does that bring to human connection, first of all? I don't think there would be, to be honest, if there's, like, no humans around or, like, no people around. Yeah, but if she's super isolated and now she suddenly has Lawrence. Oh. Yeah, that uh, kind of Oh, well, you know, I think that would change her life completely. Would it change for the better or would it actually change for a totally different direction? I, to believe, if she's, like, a goddess, then it could possibly change to another direction. So... Do you see the goddess now, the deity of Harvest, being more human-like or exploring the option of what she did not know before? Uh, probably explore what she didn't know before. Um, so what kind of experiences do you think will transpire through that transaction? Um... But something you can influence or guess. They could probably explore something new that no one else had before. Yeah. What's the guess about it? Um, hmm. If you haven't experienced it before, and now you're experiencing it now, what does that bring to you as a person? Excitement, I guess. Okay. So you feel... a. A surge of freshness and regenerative things that you didn't really have when you're isolated in the time, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So now 
we know what each uh, person in the relationship brings to each other, then together, do you think can form a very powerful duo to make more business? I believe so, yeah. Um. You know, and it's it's a really short anime that, if you don't know, it's uh, like, I think, 12 episodes. So I would suggest maybe watching like one at a time and, you know, watch it here, watch it there. Because you can binge watch it all at once and then not have anything else to watch. And the only thing else is maybe the manga that goes more in depth, but that's really the only other adaptation that you can enjoy after watching the anime. So you have to just be careful on that one. You're right. Mm -hmm. It also goes to show you that, you know, the barter system back in the day was the first economic system. Isn't that hard to believe? Um, not really. Um, well, mm-hmm. yeah, because most of these people are cash poor. So yeah. they didn't really have like, a country backing up currency as much. Most of it was like silver balloons or gold pieces, stuff like that. Bronze. Here's an example of bottle. Mm-hmm. I am a corn farmer. And I want some goats. How am I going to pay for those goats? Um, the only thing I have is... I guess you hire people. Okay. So if I have corn and I want to get goats, the only medium of exchange that I have is the corn that I grow myself on the farm. So if I want that goat, I have to give my corn away in the harvest time to get the goat, you know? If I want the goat for, like, goat cheese... I have to pay up the corn, put it together, and it's the that medium exchange is what we have today in cash. Countries back it up, give it its value. But back then, in like, I don't know, 1700s, 1800s, we have the barter system. Well, barter, we actually go back centuries before that you know 13th century order was everywhere you would use it as a medium of exchange in the medium of exchange you have something of equal value determined by both parties and that's what border is right so have you ever traded anyone something of equal value and that's how you oh I know an example you got then you get like a virtual world packs in Yu-Gi-Oh and you trade it for it for the core. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got like a whole no, I got the whole entire deck for like um, for yeah, for bulk. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And was it the trade? I think that's why it was so cheap. Yeah, I think it was a fair trade. Yeah. And uh, what did you trade for it? My 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 the cards that I need anymore. Like there are cards. Um, there were like nothing viable in them. Okay, so you trade old cards to get a, a core set, and that core set is then what influence your deck building. That's an example of bartering, and basically you trade something, both parties agree, and both when both parties agree, you do the medium exchange, do the trade, and you're both happy. Um, 
that doesn't always work because trading is very weird in the way that, well, I want this, but I can't access this because you only have this to trade. So you only limit it if people only want that item. If they don't want it, then it's hard to trade with that people with that person. So this brings up the fact of business as a whole. In Spice of Wolf, not only do we have village life and the countryside, but you see the transaction of bartering very key in the economic system that they portray. And, as a result, a very powerful duo export, well, use exploiting some of the system to gain an advantage. They know exactly what to do it, and the savvy businessman capitalizes on it, and as a result, makes a bunch of low money in the process of doing so. And another really old economic system of, like, you know, turn of the century, is Ascendance of a Bookworm. What do you want to tell the audience about Ascendance of a Bookworm? I haven't really looked at it that much. But like, what are your thoughts on it? Well, a sentence of a bookworm is interesting in the sense of build building and someone's passion to use books to make society better. So, you know, she has all this outside information that in the time period that she's in, no one knows about. So she makes shampoo, makes soap. Shampoo, the adventure of the shampoo, is really big seller for her because as a result, it creates hideable income. And now people actually have a way to wash their hair in a reliable sense, you know? Yeah. So the outside knowledge that she brings impacts the world because each idea is new and revolutionary because it hasn't been seen before. The whole mm-hmm. model of knowledge of the outside world, because she's really genius level when it comes to the world that she was reincarnated from. Yes, this is the Isekai. But as an isekai, it's also diving into the fantasy aspect, too. So the plot follows a book-loving post-secondary college student, soon-to-be librarian, ends up crushed to death by our books during an earthquake. Very melodramatic for the, that. But dying breath, she wishes to be reincarnated in a world where she can read books forever. She awakes in the body of a weak five-year-old girl named Mine in a world where books are scarce and only available to the elites. She's trying to retain her memories from her previous life, decides to create and print her own books so that she can read again. So, through her printing books, this is how she creates the passion to create inventions. So, chemists. If you had the means to make your own book, what can you do to get access to paper and ink? 
Oh, um, simply buy it. <laughs> what else? Yes, you would simply buy it, but we're in a time period where you can't just buy it. You have to make it. So how? Oh, yeah, you... but I was going to say that too. So if you're in this time period and you know a brief history of literature and how paper was made, where do you think you, how you would make paper? But like from like trees. Okay. That's a start. You need the technology to make trees accessible. So you need to cut down the tree, do the paper, but like that doesn't really exist because the technology associated with it is very hard to mass produce. So instead of cutting down the tree and make paper, what is some ancient paper that you know of? Mm. Ancient Egypt. I would I would not know to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, one such paper in ancient Egypt is papyrus. Very thin like paper that you can actually use from the plant. And it's it's and during this period papyrus was used for documenting uh records. And you know, there's like cave drawings, you also have stone plaques. It goes into showing you the different methods that she's utilizing to make her own books. Because she's poor, and the parents that she's having resides in a military campaign. So that's their income. They serve the military and uh, be God's troops in the front. So it goes to show you that you can be very business savvy if you know what to do. So, mm-hmm. Camus, what would you do if you knew you can open a business of any type? What would you do? For me, personally, I, w- I want to be a real estate agent. Oh. Okay, so you open up a business, and what is the first thing you have to do when you, you be a real estate agent? Well, you got to have to have people, like, you got to have connections. You got to have, like, kind of people to, like, they need to, like, interest them and, in, like, you know, to buy them a house or sell them a house. Then at the end of the day, you're just making money either way you sell the house or you just buy the house for for them, you know? It's kind of like, you're like the middleman of the person who's trying to sell or buy the house. It's kind of like that. So. Okay. And we have this uh, aspect of knowing the people who's going to buy it, how it's going to impact the market, and there were several inventions of soap, uh, perfume, uh, shampoo, all of that influences the world where they don't have it. The basic law of an invention is you try to solve a problem in society. In doing so of solving that problem, now you actually make a product of it. You know? Any invention is meant to better society. And in that such capacity, you reach a new um, understanding and how you change the world. What is, Chemist, what is one invention that you really like when it changed the world? Probably a bicycle. Probably a bicycle? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, through the essence of a bookworm, okay, so what about a bicycle do you like the most? I would not know. It's just a normal bicycle. Um, okay. 
So you ride the bicycle, you get there, you tra- double or triple your time trying to be walking. You are able to trans. You basically have fast transportation. That is the problem in which people are trying to fix. But they, what they saw was riding either a horse, walking, or running. That was the only mode of transportation that they had back then. And horse and buggy was a really good invention just to increase the speed of traveling. Bicycle is also one of those things that's personal transportation. Through the sense of a bookworm, we established not only that she has outside information, she's also very limited in her form because she has a frail body. The person that she reincarnated actually can't reliably do much is she has to rely on the help of others. So, chemist, mm. question. If, let's just say you have a physical weak body, how would you uh, ask people to help you with a task in, in doing something? Invest in something, I guess. Um. Okay. So you, you, if you were in modern day terms, if you had access to money, you will hire people to help you, right? Yeah. Okay. Through the anime of Incidents of a Bookworm, mine actually enlists several journeys along the way to learn how to do something. So if she sees an opportunity, she will be an apprentice. She will learn that what they're doing or be, for example, she's getting an education, reading and writing and math in a by doing a job behind the scenes she's getting educated but she also does the job and is able to do the taxes and records for the the for the army she's in a business post and she's learning education in the background of doing work so she's working really hard to achieve goals you know papayas Trying to make that viable to make paper, you know, clay, and try and carve it, bake it, uh, use wooden planks. Like we see the history of paper, but we also see along the way she sees particular problems and addresses those problems through the inventions that she already knows exist from modern age, and her genius mind is able to re able to regenerate everything that she knew before. If you remember, like, for example, you had electricity in 2017, and now you're stuck in the year 1500. How do you bring that concept of electricity to old school life? The concept is basically this. Electrons are moving, and as a result, you have a static charge. So, we take the concept of Electricity prior to the 1500s. One such electricity example is lightning in the sky. So you can somehow be able to collect that when they use on high rise and the lightning rod. So, in a way, you can connect it and use primitive technology to capture it in a way. This is what I really like about Ascendance of a Bookworm. Because we have 
the soul of modern life in the body of modern day the old day, modern day history the period in which they're in is like medieval time and through that you know jump back in time everything is limited and only the ones who can afford books is the rich so her way of capitalizing to make books be business savvy to promote products make money is an effort to achieve a long time goal read as much books as possible and the only way she can do that is make it because it's cheaper to bake and to make her own book than buy a book because buying a book is owned for the elite because during this time people are very illiterate and as such access to books is quite rare it's rare in the fact that it takes a lot of time to make it and it's very expensive books are not wide they're not accessible wide scale they have a close access point for the market it's not really manageable and also during this time if you want an education the only way you would get it is through having money because if not the other alternative is working all the time and supporting the family so you will instead of doing education you'll get a job of like eighth grade ninth grade age and as a result keep working for the basis of the family if you had a choice to do education yeah. or help the family because you don't have no money, mm -hmm. what will you do? I'll get an education so I can make money in the first place. Okay, so the, that's the concept of today's terms. Get the education, get the job. It's more accessible. Back then, there was not public education. And as a result, the people that had access to the tutors and the teachers were not any the average Joe. It was the people with the most money that can afford it because it was a specialized section of society back then. So as soon as have a book one explores that concept really well, what do you think? Again, I think it works pretty well, really. Um... For an education, to just to get a good job, and and like, in order to, I think yeah, I think you need to get an education first. So this brings in the question: If we have forgotten deities, books are forgotten. Where does that leave the virtual world? Does the virtual world can portray an, an economy as well? What do you think? I think with virtual world. I mean that's a different that's all different topic and you because that's like Yu-Gi-Oh like we're talking about like a bookworm we're not talking about like, like that's a whole different topic in general don't you feel so virtually you think uh like an online game can also have a diverse economy as well right yeah okay well this is a really excellent transition to Log Horizon so in Log Horizon what do we see Log Horizon is based on the MPO games, 
You know, you fight as a character, be that character, do the storyline, fight missions, fight quests. Um, it's also based. It's also Isekai. You trapped into the world, and we were introduced to Law Horizon through Shui, who's a base of millions of players. However, during the release of the twelfth expansion pack, heading steading, homesteading the new sphere. 30,000 Japanese gamers who are logged in at the time of the update suddenly find themselves transported into the virtual world and donning their in-game avatars. Doning in this aspect is becoming the manifestation of the player that they were based in playing the, of the game. In the midst of the events, a socially awkward gamer named Shuro, along with his friends, Nato Suji and Atakuski, um, decide to team up so they can face the world, which unfortunately has now become the reality, along with the challenges and obstacles ahead of them. So what does Log Horizon remind you of, Chemist? Darker. I don't think I said. I didn't think I saw yeah, that one. Yeah, by having that description of being trapped in a in a, in a game, MRPOGG, and that aspect. What is a compelling thing that brings you back. It's like, wait a second, this feels familiar. What's your thoughts on it? So, with Lock Horizon, there's a very popular option that's more mainstream is uh, Sword Art Online. People say SAO is this and that, but it's mainstream because it's a very popular name. Lock Horizon is actually a more established, more diverse and goes more to the economy aspect of it. Because they have their own in-game economy. Guilds, they had to set up everything in which now was part of the game at the time. And in it, we have it portraying a virtual landscape in which the economy is actually the main focus. What do you think of players being trapped in the game and then establish their own economic system. I mean, it would take like a lot of work and experience of like jobs to like, you know, get to that that point of view. Um mm-hmm. I think it's just I think we if we just talk about experience wise, um I think that just makes them more easier to establish like a a successful business, you know what I mean? Mhm. That's just my thoughts on it. Okay. And in doing so, it expands the horizon of, well, now, you know, we have to make something for ourselves, and we're trapped in the game, but as a result, if we don't establish the economy, how would we thrive in this new world that we call home right now, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So you have Emergen as the RPG's role, and Powerbent is the is the name. Those who play the role playing game are allowed to lose themselves in the fantastical and brave settings, brave new worlds, narratives in which, like a knife on a landmark, begs the question: Why MMO RPGs? Why are they just playing RPGs and not enough for MMO RPG players? So. With, okay, 
this reminds me of virtual reality. What do you think? What's your thoughts about virtual reality for a second? It seems interesting to to me. So you can put a headset around you, and now your surroundings is a game itself. You know, they dive into the world that is virtual reality. You can just hook up with a headgear, put it on, but them doing so takes a. It basically makes it well. We had the reality on Earth. And we had the reality in the game. How do we distinguish the two? With Log Horizon, it makes the reality in the game your reality, while on Earth is not your reality. You know, you lose. Now you become part of the game. Now you're trapped there. So now you need to establish yourself not only for the sake of sustainability. We have to create a guild. You have to create a trade. In doing so, you now have people giving out money. You know, people finding jobs in a new setting they don't are not accustomed to. So, what types of jobs do you see NPCs do in games like this? Oh, like they craft, like craft things. Okay, crafting, artisan, um, fighting. You know, because you have to make the sword. You know, you supply the armor. You know, if you have a mage, you have to have special relics or potion base. There's many ways in which you can make money by honing in on your craft, you know? Yeah. So if your craft is... Okay. What's your favorite role as a as a player? I would probably be like... Uh, I would probably be like an archer. You know? like, an, like a swordsman or an archer. A swordsman? <laughs> so you be the So okay, so you be the swordsman. Where will you buy your swords? How will you decide to buy the best sword to be a swordsman? A legend I want like a sword that's crafted by like a god or like you know you know, just or you know, a good sword to defend myself. Okay. So as a swordsman you are willing to go on on adventure, right? Right. So would you go on a quest to find a legendary sword for a campaign or as a prize to win that quest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is the setting of an MMO or RPG because in this setting, sometimes the only way to get something of high value is to go on a quest to get it. You build up your character, you build up your inventory. So them establishing the economy basically makes it easy on the players to not only get the goods they need, but also keep advancing in the game to one, you know, make a life out of themselves. Because if you're going to play the character, you might as well play a role that you really want to do in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So as a swordsman, will you be the type to be heroic and chivalry, or will you be the type to like step back and only fight if you need to? Um, only if it's necessary, really. Okay, so you be the silent swordsman in the background, walking by, mm-hmm. and if conflict arises. Yeah, well, you could say that. Okay. What if someone like went against? Do you have a code of honor 
What was like one thing you can't stand? Like crafting swords. Ooh, so you would craft a sword too. So if you see a a, a craftsmanship of a bad sword, you get like pet peeve, right? Yeah, and I also want to be like a bounty hunter as well. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So you'd be fighting the fugitives, and as a swordsman, you, your choice of weapon would be a sword. Yeah, correct. I like that <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think what I imagine myself in Log Horizon, the, the MMORPG style, I'll be the uh, guild master. I want to lead the guild and actually form it and establish the rules and keep peace, which I already, which I kind of do now when I used to, you know, own a Discord server. It kind of, that's what I like. That's what, my, what do you think? You think I'll be a good guild master? Yeah, I think I think it would be a good idea. Yeah, you think I can lead the guild into success and make everything else around me beneficial? Yeah. Okay, I can see that too. So, Log Horizon established itself differently than other isekai because it focused a lot more on the building of the story. You know. It's a lot. It's a better SAO by any standards. Do you think SAO compares to Log Horizon at all? Um, sort of. You know, I haven't. I watched mm. SAO, but like you know, I can and yeah. I mean, it's similar, I guess. Um, <laughs> I I feel that there's a strong. I have a strong connection to Log Horizon because it's more relatable. It doesn't just have the soft core plot that SAO has. It goes more in depth. And it goes even far to establish an independent economic system, you know, with the, you know, uh, Shiro being able to lead his guild in a way that's beneficial. And also, he has an impact on the other guilds as well. He called meetings, and in that meetings, they discuss policy and discuss reform. It really makes it feel like it's a progressive government, you know? Yeah. They make the world around them better. Hey, SAO does it too, but I feel like Log Horizon does it in a way that's more intriguing to the storyline. Mm, yeah. You know, plus, you know, SAO is the main fighter. While Law Horizon is the more strategic, he's the he's the commander of the army. Why Sato, a person from SAO, he's more of the uh, not really. The, he's more of the leader, if you know. He leads the army, where the commander strategically in battle positions his soldiers to the most benefit. You know. Hmm. So, you have any like thoughts about? Uh, any different thoughts about Law Horizon now that you didn't have before? Not to my knowledge, no. Mm-mm. So nothing's changed for you. I mean, come on, you don't want to be a prank. You don't want to be the swordsman and craft your own swords and. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait! I didn't hear the part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my mic's been acting up. Like I dropped. Yeah, if you heard me earlier. I dropped my phone earlier and messed up my mic a bit. Uh, Oh my gosh. See, yeah, that's, that's Kimmy for us. 
<laughs> he totally forgot about being the swordsman, crafting the sword, packing down the bad guys, doing some justice, and now it's like, oh yeah, 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 I remember now. He's like, <laughs> I was like, I remember. I just forgot for a second. No, think of a character that has amnesia, like you know, like a warrior swordsman. Oh, you amnesia, okay. You know, something like that, like. Who did, who lost memories of his old past? Oh, okay. So this brings in the question of if a society in a game can be advanced, what can that do if it brings to modern day? What if you had an option to earn a bunch of money, and as a result, you can be rich, but at the risk of your own life? This gets into speed. The money of soul and possibility control. It's a very long title, but it establishes itself in a very economic esque scale. It's like it's one season, but you're literally fighting for money. Everything you do revolves around the money. And if you win big, you can have like hundreds of thousands of yen in your bank account the next day. Mm -hmm. So here's what it's about. Money is power, and without it, life is meaningless. In a country where the economy is in shambles, second-year economics university student Kimo Yago understands the fact all too well, luxurious lives of his peers struggling to make ends meet, However, his world is turned upside down when a stranger in a top hat arrives one night night at the door. Going by the name Masa Saki, the visitor petitions Yogo to come to the Eastern Financial District, a place where money flows in abundance, if he offers their future as collateral. Uh, I'll get the, uh, the future as collateral because that's a really big selling point of the anime. Although reluctant, greed triumphs reason and Yogo accepts the author, thus taking on the mantle of entry, but unknowns to him, the land of the wealth he has entered, the ultimate realm, built in the likeness of his own, but entrees are forced to participate in the weekly duels called deals. The collateral at stake, pit against his countrymen and fate, must quickly adapt to the new world if he hopes to protect his fortune and future discover how much money is truly worth. What do you take from that? Future as a collateral, what do you think? It could probably cause natural disasters, I think. Natural disaster? Yeah. What do you mean? Um, you know, like a tsunami could happen or like an earthquake. Um, okay. That's an interesting perspective. Though in the anime, the, you know, see the money and stuff, it's you're basically your own life. You're, the money that you be possibly earning is based on your future. Like, your future is at stake. You're betting your life to achieve all this money. If you lose all the money, you lose your future. So you cease to exist at that point. Makes sense, yeah. You're signing a contract with the devil over money. Ooh, I think you're probably like sign a devil. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of sign a contract with the devil. Yeah, makes sense. It's kind of like it's not like you're you're selling your life away, really. 
Well, that's literally the concept of this. Your future is collateral. That basically means if you go bankrupt, which in reality you can if you lose all your money through the deals, then as a result, if you go bankrupt, you you basically disappear as data. You've been forgotten. And the world, I think, will see you missing, but they don't know where you are. It's really weird in that aspect, too. So, you heard the show with Make a Deal, right? Yeah. You choose, like, different cases, and you have the chance to make a million dollars based on the case. The banker gives you offers to basic, you know, the banker gives you an option. Is you're like, I'll give you $100,000 if you say deal or no deal. Well, in this case, the deal is a is an actual match instead of you know deal or no deal you're saying if i lose i lose the money mm-hmm. and uh people fight with uh entrees these are like companions that you use to serve in battle and as a result those are your companions in battle they do the battle for you to keep your Total up and your cash value up. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting enough, to be fair. It's interesting in the sense of it's different and also in a world where economics is very bad. So you participate in weekly deals, which is battles over participants' money using familiars called assets. And then also you use against other entrepreneurs alternate playing called the financial district. So the financial district, when you think of financial and then district, you literally say, okay, this is a place where there's lots of money. When I think of financial things district, I think of immediately Wall Street. High money, money flowing everywhere. And in this case, if I can make it big and go rich, the only thing I have to lose is my future and it being possibly erased if I go bankrupt. And the assets are my foot soldiers to enforce my entrepreneurial ability to make more money. You know? It's like, it's a metaphor for you know, you know, fighting with businesses, you know, business rivals, they fight to make money. Well, literally, you're fighting to earn money in this case. The entire motive to fight is money and greed. And you know, you you have to once a week do an asset deal. If you don't, then you can actually lose money. Yeah. And if you don't comply then you're in a rude awakening because that aspect of the contract you sign is legally binding to your future. Instead of you selling your soul, you sell your future. So would you, in the pursuit of money, sell your future and not know what you did? Yeah. Okay. So if someone offered you a million dollars, but they said, that you have to work for me for seven years, and once a week, 
um, I don't know. What 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 was your condition? Like if for seven years you had to do once a week, what would you do? Uh, just as long as I'm able to see my family, I guess, or people I'm close to. Okay, so let's say this. For seven years, I give you, I'll give you a million dollars. I'm gonna send you, give you drugs to the, to make deliveries, one time per week commitment, and you have to do it. Would you do it? I mean, it really, all depends. Really, I really don't want to know how to answer that. So, if, if you accepted the million dollars in seven year commitment. And then now I tell you, oh, by the way, for seven years, once a week, you had to deliver to this location at this time. And if you don't, I steal your future. Mm. Very depressing, isn't it? Yeah. You can't get out of the situation because now I have leverage over you. Leverage is you bet your future. If you go against it, I can zap you away, make you disappear, turn you into... Useless inflation of money. You know how inflation of money happens? The more you print, the less value it gets. Oh, yeah. I heard of that term before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this case, instead of, you know, the more you print, the less value it gets, the more money you you get to win these assets and these deals. You can also go back and say, okay, you are the inflation. I can take you out of the equation, and therefore, you have no value if you go bankrupt. You are decreasing value as less money you have. <laughs> what do you think about that? Seems interesting, to say the least. So, you know, you have familiars, and, you know, with familiars, you summon them. The part, they represent you in a way. They represent your future. One big thing about assets is they are based on the future that you've used as collateral. So if you use your future to get married, then your asset is the future wife that you could have had, and that person is now fighting, then guess what? If you lose, you have no marriage in your future, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the, the types of futures that are Use as collateral. They take one piece, take its worth, and evaluate it, and then that is what it's taken as collateral. Instead of selling a house in your name, and they can take it away, they take away that possible future that you don't even know that could be happening. Like you could even you probably don't even know how to identify the familiar that you have is what future it represents because you. You will lose it. So that's mm. how big the stakes are in this in this anime, where you go to a different dimension, hidden from society in the financial district. And there's another thing about the financial district is very important. The financial district literally runs the economies of the entire world, and Japan is one of the largest. Without the financial district. Everyone will be in financial ruin because their economies are so are in shambles. So you have the hidden hand of the financial district funding the entire world in all the 13 to 16 locations. And there was an example of the financial district of China went down. And as a result, 
everything now is being inflated, and now we're having a crisis scandal, you know? Mm-hmm. So imagine if one of the biggest economies in all universe breaks down. Think of the implications that it has for the other uh, economies around the world. Let's say, I don't know, the, the, the European Union breaks down. What do you think is the impact of that result? It would probably end up like, uh, it wouldn't do much good, right? It would probably just maybe cause the end of the world. Well, yeah, a financial crisis like that, like what we had in the 1930s, the Great Depression, makes a world collapse. So everything goes up, you know, you have less of everything to have. If you don't have the money to buy it, then you can't get it. All that applies. And if you can't buy it, can't make the money you want, your economy goes down in the process. Everything goes in the dumps. So it's a really big deal. That financial district collapsing made it really hard on the other financial districts to thrive because it it had ripple effects all through the implication of other financial districts. When that financial district failed, it had ripple effects, and it had a hard time bouncing back. It's the same thing when uh, Greece went bankrupt, and we had to, the uh, I think NATO, yeah, the, the world country, I think NATO or the world countries had to basically give Greece money in order to stabilize their economy. And if they didn't do so, it had a big impact on the world stage. So this wraps up um, MC Anime Podcast. We discussed Spice and Wolf, Ascendance of a Bookworm, Log Horizon, and C, The Money of Soul and Possibility Control. So what, a chemist, what was your favorite economic system or capitalism in anime that we talked about that you was your favorite? Um, from my experience really, um I would probably say the um wish Macaw- oh Spice and Wolf, yeah. I would say that one to be honest. Why do you connect to Spice and Wolf so much? I I don't know, it just gave me a good feeling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so the feel good okay, I can see that. Yeah. It's a wolf, you know, traditional economy with bartering. Since of a bookworm, there is no such mention of that item. Now, the invention of that item comes to fruition. The love of books, paper making, all that's explored. Log Horizon is virtual in-game economy. People build it. Make a life for themselves, even though they're trapped in the video game. The the money of soul and possibility control is literally the embodiment of if money controlled our lives, and if money was viewed as negative, because you know the more you print, the more inflation you get. There's lots of it. Really gives economic theories and crashes. It really examines. The economics in which is taught in theory and practice. So, what's your closing thoughts about everything? I'm sort of a little bit interested in the topic. Um, you know, it just it piques my interest. Um, 
And, like, I think it would be a fun topic we can use in the future, to be honest. And, uh, personally with, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this. The reason why I thought about this of capitalism in anime is the last topic of anime we would discuss, see the, the money of soul and possibility of control. I really fell in love with that show in its portrayal of money, economic system, the government went bad, if you sold your soul, how it looked like, all that aspect really played a big role in me enjoying it. it it's a very compelling story. Even though it's short in the anime production, I feel like it's a great story to tell. And as a result, you should give it a try. So this is uh, MC Anime signing off. This is the ninth episode of MC Anime Podcast. you want to say goodbye to the audience, Chemist? Uh, well, thank you again, guys. Um, hopefully we'll see you next time.